Okay, before we get started on the final drive, a big thank you to our sponsor, Microsoft Surface. Microsoft Surface, a huge part of game day in preparation for the LA Chargers as the official laptop and sideline technology provider for your Los Angeles Chargers. Microsoft Surface provides players and coaches with the tools to succeed both on and off the field. Microsoft's Surface Pro 7 is your endlessly adaptable partner now with faster processing and more connections, plus all-day battery life. The 12.3-inch touchscreen 2-in-1 laptop is ultra-light and versatile. Check it out on their site, surface.com. All right, welcome into the final drive presented by Microsoft Surface. For Haley Elwood, I'm Chris Harey. On a day after the Chargers lose 23-20 to the Kansas City Chiefs in their home opener at SoFi Stadium. Haley, normally I think this would sting more than others, but I was so encouraged by what I saw from this team from the get-go. A guy in Justin Herbert who didn't know he was starting to go down the field, eight play 79 yards and a touchdown to keep this team in it and for the defense to play as good as they did for a majority of the game. Uh, you play to win these games, but there's a lot to be encouraged by. There's totally a lot to be encouraged by. And I think we kind of went into this game knowing that this Chargers defense has played, played pretty well against this KC offense over the last few times that they've played. And they kept them in check that first half for sure. But getting to Herbert for a second, I mean, honestly – Imagine yourself preparing for a job that you're going to have at some point, but you don't know when it's coming. And then you find out that it's your job five to 10 seconds before you're on the clock. And <laughs> then you your, do what Haley, you do. What was your reaction when you saw it? I, 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 yeah. I didn't even know what to think. I didn't know what to think either. So the national anthem played and cut to the video board at SoFi and he had his helmet on. And I thought like, oh, that's kind of interesting, but I didn't really think anything of it because Tyrod was announced as one of the starters earlier on the board as well and then all of a sudden he's out there on the field and it was it was wild I mean and and thoughts and prayers to Tyrod Taylor for everything that he went through yeah, and it absolutely. sounds like he was discharged from the hospital and hopefully that's that's good news for him as he continues to be evaluated and, and get healthy and, and whatnot but really scary situation there I mean I haven't worked I've worked in pro sports now for seven going on seven years, I've never heard of a situation like that happening before so close to kickoff. I mean, seconds before kickoff, essentially. Yeah. And that's a really, really scary thing. But but it was like this crazy sort of experience where you see this guy who no one was really expecting. No one was expecting it. I mean, he I wasn't think expecting it. He wasn't <laughs> expecting it, as he said. And coach wasn't expecting it either. And so I think you know, after though, as they said, the initial sort of not shock, but just, you know, oh, okay, this is the situation now. It was game on from there. And you saw it on that first drive. Yeah. I want to read his stats in this game, Haley, 22 of 33, 311 yards, a touchdown an interception, which we'll get to, but mm -hmm. he had the first chargers rushing touchdown and passing touchdown in SoFi stadium history. If he woke up that morning and I told Justin Herbert, hey, by the way, you're going to throw the first one and you're going to run for the first one in SoFi Stadium history. I don't think he would have believed it. I thought no. the offense was energized. I, I was beyond impressed with the way he distributed the ball to so many different receivers. Jalen Guyton getting in the end zone. Keenan mm -hmm. Allen, uh, 96 yards, seven catches. Hunter Henry, 83, six receptions. Austin, four for 55. 
Josh Kelly, two for 49. We talked about getting the running backs involved in the passing game. They certainly were. So I, I thought the offense was clicking. It's crushing to not trail the entire game until mm-hmm. the final gun, that 58-yard Harrison Bucker field goal in overtime. Yeah, absolutely. So I think there are a couple things to touch on there. One of the most interesting things for me that Chargers head coach Anthony Lynn had said post game was it might have been good that he found out five to 10 seconds before kickoff. And it wasn't like he sort of knew days going into this and had to sleep the night before and maybe thought about it because they started so fast. And we talk about the importance of starting fast in this league and starting quick in this league. And they were just going on that first drive for sure. So I thought that was kind of an interesting thing. And then I was thinking of the conversation that I had with ESPN's Molly McGrath shortly after we drafted Herbert. She's watched his entire college career covering Pac-12 games for ESPN. And she had said, we know how academically gifted he is and he will apply those same study habits to the preparation that he takes to prepare for football games. And that was totally evident yesterday. And Herbert himself said it, like he has been training like he's going to be the guy and he was the guy yesterday and there was excitement because he's been preparing for this moment his whole life and I think you just saw that that care and that preparation that this guy has been in the playbook he's known what to do coach Lynn said after the game they went with the script that they were going to have Tyrod run you know the offense and everything like that it wasn't like all of a sudden because there wasn't time to make adjustments at that point there wasn't time to tailor a game plan to a rookie QB when you have seconds before you kick off but I thought that that was really interesting because any other QB in that situation that that's you know like I said what other job do you do when you find out and do well that you find out seconds before you have that job so kudos to him because it's very clear that that he was prepared, he was ready to go, and he treated it like he said he's been preparing for this moment his whole life. You would get first-team reps if you knew you were going to start throughout the entire week. So what he was able to do on the fly, I, and I just I keep going back to that first drive because that really set the tone for this yeah. game. And, and listen, they lost. It, it, it was a, it was a tough loss to the Super Bowl champions. But to see your rookie quarterback with no preseason who's been in the building six to seven weeks right now drive down the field on the Super Bowl champs and the Chargers essentially led the entire game, uh, I think that's just the beginning of such a promising career for this young man. And, and I just I thought the, the defense fed off of that. Uh, I was going to say. Especially in the first half, right? I, I feel like they, they fed off what the offense was doing. And they bottled up Patrick Mahomes in that first half. And no defense in the NFL is going to hold down Mahomes for 60 minutes. It's just it, – it, it's not going to happen because he has too many weapons. And, you know, Tyreek Hill got loose in the second half. Um, but to see what the Chargers defense did, down a guy like Derwin James, down a guy like Drew Tranquil, um, you know, Jerry Tillery, it just looks like a different guy this year. Uh, and, you know, I couldn't be more impressed with what I saw. Yeah, I think they held Kansas City's offense to just 60, 60 passing yards in the first half. I mean, who does that? You the know? lowest in Mahomes' career, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean, so that's extremely impressive. And I think your point on Tillery, I mean, we talked about him a little bit last week with Daniel Popper. He was someone who this coaching staff, Coach Lynn, defensive coordinator Gus Bradley, had talked about repeatedly throughout camp 
as someone who seemingly made that jump in the off-season program from year one to year two, and now he's really translating it to the actual field. I mean, he set the tone in week one coming out of the gate with that sack that he had. He was all over this KC offense yesterday. And even though Joey Bosa, they didn't get a sack until the third quarter, there was so much defensive pressure that was just constantly in Kansas City's face that they couldn't, I mean, again, 60 passing yards in the first half. They just couldn't get anything going. Second half, obviously some things broke down. You know, again, these guys aren't used to playing games because there was no preseason. There's really, there really hasn't been game shape training yet. So, and then you go an extra quarter, essentially you go into overtime, but, but, you know, giving up the big play, that's, that's unfortunate for sure. But you're right. It's extremely hard to contain a guy like Patrick Mahomes. He's the MVP for a reason, defending Super Bowl champ for a reason. And this team did as good as they could to keep them in check for as much of the game as possible. And even though it's a one score loss and it happened in overtime, again, to your point from the very beginning, there are a lot of positives to take away from this game that you can kind of build off of as you roll into the rest of this season. You and I talked to people throughout last week, and we talked about it amongst ourselves, just the, the keys to the game. And the, the blueprint was there. Uh, they outpossessed the Chiefs by a wide margin. They held the ball for almost for almost 40 minutes. Um, the, the turnovers, that was the one mistake that Justin made, um, kind of forcing that ball to Keenan Allen. He had some real estate to get the easy first down. But, you know, I, I what I liked about it was that he trusts his arm. He trusts that he can get mm-hmm. the ball to his receivers and his playmakers, and he was trying to make a, a bigger play. Um, I, I think experience in the NFL will eventually say, Justin, just get the first down, get those 15 yards, keep the drive going, and just get points, whether it's six or three at that point, extend yeah. the lead. Um, that was kind of the turning point there. That, that's where the Chiefs kind of got a little bit of momentum. Um, and, again, we, we talked about trying to eliminate the big play. Uh, Tyreek Hill – got the charges in the second half. Yeah, because, I mean, that pick happened. KC ended up at their own five-yard line. And then I I don't know how many plays later, but then there's a 54-yard touchdown that happens. And and unfortunately, it's one thing to turn the football over, and it's another thing to have the other team capitalize on that turnover. And then that tied the game. They got the two-point conversion. It it tied the game at that point. But, you know, but Herbert said after the game, look, they're – I made mistakes. And, and Joey Bosa even said, we all made mistakes yesterday. You know, the whole team made mistakes at points yesterday. And he knows, again, it's something that learning experience, you don't have the preseason, you're brand new to the NFL game. Herbert said the NFL, yes, is as everyone as advertised, quicker, faster. The speed is so much different than college football. But again, like you said, it's a growing experience. You learn, you maybe don't take the shot, you run you get out of bounds, you throw it out of bounds, whatever it is, just like, you know, him taking that sack at one point too. It's just, you know, it's just a learning experience. And, but he played so well that despite these little mistakes that happened, I mean, there's still so much good to take away from his game considering the fact that he was literally thrust into action. You got to put so much of this into proper context. And, Mm -hmm. you know, some of the throws he made, the the throw to to Jalen Guyton in the end zone was beautiful. The throw where he threaded the needle 25 yards to Keenan Allen, it was one of the best throws I've ever seen. Also, Keenan Allen, one of the best catches too. Um, Those are just the the little flashes. And I I remember speaking with 
Mario Cristobal about how this guy's just scratching the surface. You know, mm-hmm. he, he is just scratching the surface as a quarterback. Um, and we, we've talked about this entire offseason, just how unconventional it was. The guy's only been in front of this coaching staff in person since the end of July, not even two months. And for him to put on that performance, again, you play to win. Yep. Nobody is, is happy with the result. But you have to put this into proper perspective this is the rookie quarterback you drafted six overall. And for him to come out like that, listen, I, I couldn't be more impressed. Well, and I think when you speak to that Keenan Allen throw and connection that happened, if I'm not mistaken, two plays prior, he was sacked for a loss of 14. So if you talk about the resolve and the ability to compartmentalize a mistake that, you know, again, he said probably should have thrown it away or not taken the sack there, but then to come back and hit him for a gain of 25 which again, as good of a catch as it was a throw, that's impressive because that shows a maturity and poise that isn't usually seen at the rookie level or maybe take some time to develop at the rookie level. But for him to sort of, again, put the sack away, okay, I took a loss of you know 14 at that point, get a little chunk on the next play, and then on third and 10, be able to thread it downfield. That was a really, really momentous point for me that just kind of clicked yeah. like, Oh, this guy's got it. Like, you know, he he's figuring it out. And it didn't seem too big for him at that point. Never really in the game did did it ever really seem too big for him at all. No, and you saw it at the beginning. And yeah, you know, he he strikes me, Haley, is a guy who's not gonna make the same mistake twice. You know, right. Remember I know you talked to him and, and he talked to the media after he was drafted, how he was so upset that he got one thing wrong in his meeting with yeah. the Chargers with with Shane Steichen and the offensive staff. Um He's going to look back at this film. He's not going to make that throw next time. He's going to go mm-hmm. get the first down. He's going to throw the ball away instead of take a 14-yard sack. There's probably a lot of little things that happen throughout the course of the game that we didn't even see at first glance. But he yeah. is the type of player and the type of kid w- with the IQ that he has. He's not going to make the same mistake twice. So I, I saw these little mistakes. and you know You can't even worry about them because this is a yeah. kid who has so much resolve. Again, I, I think it goes back to exactly what Molly McGrath had said. It's, it's the IQ that he has and the study habits that he has and being able to translate those from textbooks to the playbook and being able to, to figure out and just, again, for lack of a better phrase, figure it out. Like, like, <laughs> it, like you said, you know, look at the mistakes that were made and correct those. And because you also didn't really see the same mistake being made twice yesterday, at least to us, like superficially watching the game and yeah it just seemed like he was prepared he was ready to go and I'm not sure when you have someone who's being told that at a moment's notice how different the outcome would have been if you if you swapped quarterbacks at that point if you moved someone else into that role and and what that was like I know I could never do that (laughs) if you told me like hey you're gonna go you know, make drinks at Starbucks and you're on. I'm like, what, what, you know, that it's like, it's crazy to me, but, but kudos to him because he had done the homework for sure. And it really, really showed yesterday. One of the other things I want to point out is, you know, the leadership on this team kind of goes from offense to defense. It, it goes through a lot of guys and mm-hmm. Mike Williams on Twitter took responsibility yeah for that third down where he didn't get the depth to get the first down. And I just, that, that struck me as just 
man, a, a selfless, he said, put the game on me. Of course, you're yeah. not going to put the game on Mike. Okay. There, there, there was a lot of things that happened throughout the course of the game. You can't put it on Justin. You can't put it on Mike. You can't put it on the defense. There are things that happened throughout the game that eventually led to the 23-20 loss in overtime. But to see that, to see that out of a guy in Mike Williams, I, we've seen him kind of blossom into mm-hmm. that rookie who missed uh, most of his rookie season to um, really coming on his second year, 11 total touchdowns, to, to make it a 40-yard catch every single game last year, essentially, to now becoming yeah. kind of this leader on this offense aside Keenan Allen and you know when you have uh, a new offense and a lot of turnover there I just thought that was pretty refreshing to see I totally agree with that I think you know yeah I was scrolling Twitter saw it just like you did I think it it speaks to your point the leadership on this team the kind of self selflessness that also is on this team too that that it's a you know spread around spread it around get everyone involved that no one is like a me monster in that sense, just kind of wanting it for themselves, especially in this offense. And, and that was, that was huge. And I also think that speaks to a lot of the respect that they probably have for a guy like Justin Herbert, you know, a rookie quarterback who came in, who, who was given this opportunity at the last second. And yet a wide receiver is walking away going, that's on me. You know, I, I, I shouldn't have handled that catch the way that I did. And I just think, you know, there's so many great, great guys on this team, great leaders on this team, sometimes quiet leaders, but it doesn't matter. You don't have to be the biggest rah-rah guy in your face guy. What happens in that locker room and in those meeting rooms clearly shows when it comes out on the field, because you can see how united everyone is. Great thing about the NFL, you know, you you can get upset for a day or two. You shrug it off. You got another game to play. Yeah, Carolina Panthers come to town on Sunday. Zero and two. Um, reports are looking like Christian McCaffrey is probably going to miss this game, which is unfortunate. There were so many injuries uh, oh yesterday gosh. around the yeah. league, Haley. It was just really tough to see. And you know, we talked about the fact that you know you, you hope you don't see that early on because of the lack of the off season. But um, you know, it looks like the Panthers won't have Christian McCaffrey for Sunday. That being said, you know, this is the NFL. The, the, the Panthers put up a pretty good fight against the, the Raiders in week one. Yeah. Came back against the Buccaneers. Chargers going to have to be ready. Yeah. I mean, the, the Panthers can put points up. We've, we've seen that. And I think, you know, it'll be interesting with what happens at the quarterback position this week, given the health of Tyrod Taylor. Coach Lynn did say if Tyrod is 100% ready to go, he'll be back in the starting lineup. If he's not, Herbert's the guy. I think it'll be interesting to see. We have a couple days, obviously, since then. But, um, but you know, it, facing a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, too, he did get some time with the Saints last year, obviously, and, and yeah. did well in his time with the Saints. He's a vet. He's a vet. He's a vet. He's a savvy vet for sure, even if he had that time off due to the injury that – horrific injury that he had into battle back is, is extremely impressive. But, yeah, if Christian McCaffrey can't go – Obviously, there's, you know, a little bit of a silver lining there for this Chargers team to not have to account for such a dynamic playmaker as he is. But you can't also count anyone out in this league, even if they're missing probably the best guy that they have, probably the guy that went first overall in every fantasy draft this year. So I think, you know, it'll be an interesting one. Another home game back at SoFi Stadium. I think it was also good that that the team got there and, and the new digs didn't seem too big for them either, even though it is a gigantic place, <laughs> literally. 
but but to kind of just get that rhythm too of of maybe having one home game, knowing how that felt, knowing where you park, where you change, the locker room, the walk out to the field and all that. And to tag on another one, now this is all starting to feel a little more normal, I think. Yeah. F- final thoughts from you, uh, just SoFi Stadium, being there for a game. Obviously, it's strange not having the fans there. I, yeah. I, I just – I was imagining the fans seeing – how the first half was playing out and just that place rocking. And I think that was the only disappointing part about yesterday, other than the loss, obviously, was just not Mm -hmm. having the the Chargers fans there to experience that because the building's beautiful, but to see how they opened the stadium in style, it was pretty cool. It is the weirdest lack of sensory experience when a play happens and there is no reaction (laughs) besides the reaction that happens from the the respective teams on their sidelines you know when an amazing catch like that Keenan Allen catch is made or when a turnover happens and there's no like oh or cheer or anything like that it is wild to sit there and watch that and and yeah it is such a bummer because this place is so incredible Everything about it is incredible. The video board has, I mean, honestly, you could talk all day about yeah. what it looks like and, and the, the clarity and everything. And, and I will say this too, because I have been to AT&T Stadium in Dallas because we played there on Thanksgiving a few years ago. And there are times where I remember being in the press box, like we were very high and at an angle as well, but, but almost watching the video board instead of watching what happens on the field. I don't get that vibe at SoFi. To me, the video board is like a very supplemental part of the game. And as big as it is though, it's not like you're sitting there just looking up the whole time. Like you're actually, it's kind of a a great, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's not distracting from what happens on the field. Then I kind of look up. No, it's not. As, as gigantic as it is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, obviously we're still in the middle of a, of a global pandemic and, and who knows what will happen the rest of the season. But, but what I do know is that when fans are able to get in there, they will have such an incredible experience because it is the best venue in the world. Like, I, I can't wait for the Super Bowl to come in a oh couple of years because it is going to be the flipping best venue for that for sure. <laughs> It's a bucket list item for all NFL fans to, to yeah. get to that stadium. Um, it's a different – Pete Soto, our, our VP of, of game uh, experience, said it best to me. It's a different experience everywhere you sit. So if you're yep. sitting up top, you're going to look at the video board from a much different perspective than if you're sitting way down low and you're watching it from inside this double-sided 70,000-square-foot video board. So it, yeah. you almost have to go to the place – Numerous times, sit in different places to get the full experience. You know, it, it was our, I don't know, second or third time there from yeah. a, like, a, a hey, we're, we may play a game or we're going to play yeah, a game. Of, of football watching. Of football event. watching. Um, <laughs> and it, it was spectacular. So I, I can't wait for the fans to get there. Uh, we're going to be back every Sunday night, Monday morning, breaking it down, win, lose, or draw, Carolina Panthers next week. Uh, Stay tuned to the Chargers Podcast Network. Uh, Haley's got Playmakers on Wednesdays, Chargers Weekly on Thursdays, Puro Chargers on Thursdays, a better half coming soon on Tuesdays. So we got you covered here on the Chargers Podcast Network. Uh, Have a great week. And until next time, I'm Chris Harey for Haley Elwood.